0: God is is on a mission, and that mission is to bless the world, to spread his glory throughout all the world, and he's going to accomplish that. And what you and I want to do is we want to be part of it. And if you're going to be part of it, then you also need his blessing. And therefore, um, to ask him is not just suggested. It is required. (laughs) It is required of us to ask God, ask God for his blessings and to be able to recognize not only when he's blessing, but recognize how to use his blessing for the purposes that will bring him the most glory. Now, um, there's still a few things in the Old Testament you can't imagine with, with uh, two thirds of the Bible that there would ever be anything that uh, you couldn't say, but there's a lot. And... Um, Here's some other scriptures that I would want you to think about, um, because these are Gentiles in the Old Testament. And uh, you you can't really, um, well, Moses might not be, but the idea is that God had a plan for the Gentiles. Uh, Melchizedek, uh, Jethro, the father-in-law. Father-in-laws can be blessings. (laughs) Even mother-in-laws can. Balaam, uh, Nineveh, Uh, Abraham himself was a a, a Gentile. Um, It's all in how you look at things. I I remember the story of a a little boy who lost his contact lenses. You know, and his mom had just bought him these lenses and he was looking all over. He says, Ma, I can't find these lenses. And uh, his mom got on the floor. She found those lenses. And he said to her mom, how come you found those lenses? But I couldn't. And 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 his mother said, we weren't looking for the same thing. See, you were looking for contact lenses. I was looking for $150. (laughs) And so perspective can be very, very important in how you see things and whether you recognize the blessing of God. Um, That's what I think studying scripture and being in the word on a daily and regular basis helps you to recognize the blessing of God. It helps you to see and understand when God is doing something and you recognize it because you see it here. And you say, hey, God bless the people there. Maybe he's blessing us. Let's move forward. And this idea of ethne, you know, we're going to talk about it in the New Testament. But the idea is that God is concerned about peoples and all kinds of peoples, and and movements among those peoples that's going to cause multiplying effect. And what that means to some degree is that um, I could spend 11 years in Zimbabwe building a movement, but that that movement is not necessarily uh, something that I am going to bring to an end. I am going to turn that movement over and someone else is going to take that to an even higher level. And I'm convinced that those guys that are there now are doing things that I never dreamed of. I never dreamed of it. You know why? Because I'm an American. (laughs) I'm an American, and I think a certain way. And once those guys took over, they started thinking like Africans. They, they, They were, and they made it African. And that's what we were trying to do. All I was was a catalyst. You know, the first stage of the movement was my responsibility to get that ball rolling. And it's thrilling. If you've, I could only think of three times in my entire 34 years where I was actually part of, of, of starting a movement from scratch like pr- nothing else. No one's ever done it. We're just going to go out there, we're going to do it. It is thrilling. And my, I, get, I get cranked up just thinking about it. What a thrill it was to to stand out in the middle of this field with weeds growing higher than your head and say, we're going to build a college campus here. And we're going to have graduate students. And we're going to, you know, God is going to bless us. And and just to dream and think and and to see those weeds get chopped down and to see that land grow, it was the most thrilling thing. Most of of my involvement has been uh, as part of a movement part of what someone else has done, not, not all the time me starting something from scratch. And that's fine. You know, I, I believe that God calls us to that sometime, to be a part, and sometimes he says, hey, I want you to do something different. Um, God's purpose for Israel to be a witnessing, proclaiming, evangelizing nation. That's what God wanted Israel to do. Did they do it? I don't think so. <laughs> that's, not what they, that's not what they did. But the question is, is this happening in your life? You know, are you a proclaiming, witnessing, evangelizing individual? Are you part of a proclaiming, witnessing, evangelizing movement? And you know, that, that is something that we all have to ask ourselves from time to time. You know, am I slipping? <laughs> Have I lost the fire? Am, am, you know, is there something that, that I had once and it's just not there anymore? And uh, Israel, you know, didn't ask that question. I, I was talking to one pastor and he said his whole life, God has given him three churches to just turn around and, 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 and uh, to, to be, be able to get them back on track with wit- witnessing, proclaiming, evangelizing. And he says it all starts. In your heart. It all starts in your heart. And the mission of God and understanding what we've been looking at in the Old Testament is, um, is part of getting yourself on the same page. <laughs> you know, getting yourself on the same page with your, your group, getting yourself on the same page with your, um, with your God, getting on the same page with the movement and recognizing that. You're part of something big. Well, what was the the basis of God's missionary mandate uh, to Israel? Uh, Why is it crucial to see that the phenomenon of blessing was not intended to be passive? In other words, the basis of of God's missionary mandate to Israel was was blessing. You know, I'm going to bless you. What are you going to do with that blessing? You know, I mean if you if you just take that blessing and keep it and enjoy it for yourself, man, you you've missed it. But that blessing is is so that you can be a blessing and, and share with others. Now, I want you guys to know that not everybody agrees with this centripetal. You know what centripetal means? It means that that as, as you're going around. You're being drawn in closer and closer. And, and many people believe that that's what Israel was designed to do. They were, they were God's uh, kind of magnet. And, and other nations were supposed to come and you know, see them and you know the blessing. Um, there's a professor by the name of Walt Kaiser. Uh, he would differ with that. And he would say that what Israel was supposed to do is the same thing that we are, are, are supposed to be doing. And that uh, they had the same mandate, they just didn't do it. And, and, and as, as they rebelled against uh, what God said and didn't obey God, then the consequences began to occur. God is moving in the world today in unprecedented way, ways. Um, but his movement is not always recognized in parts of the world that we, we live in. I, I remember in Edinburgh, when I was a student, we used to climb Arthur's Seat, and it was a mountain right in the middle of the town, 800-foot volcanic, whatever, and we would climb up there and take uh, 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 mattress, cardboard mattress ca- cases, and then we'd slide, we'd slide all the way down. It was great fun. But uh, as you look over the whole city of Edinburgh, you just see church steeples. You don't see skyscrapers. You don't see buildings. You just see church steeples, and they're black because Edinburgh's name was Old Riki. The 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 soot from the coal and the burning of the coal blackened everything. And what those steeples say is that God moved. He moved. If a hundred and fifty years ago, if you weren't in church fifteen minutes before the beginning of the service, you stood out in the rain and you listened through a window. You know, that that was how God moved at times. That that was when, you know, Eric Little and others were were being sent out. Well those churches are not they're not full of people today. I think two percent of the population may show up for church on Sunday. And, um, but now, God is moving in Africa. 16,000 people every day, every day, are coming to Christ. You can share the gospel with one person in Zimbabwe. See two people accept Christ, because somebody's looking over your shoulder. I mean, that's how easy ministry was. It was just incredible uh, privilege to be in that country. In China, when China closed and threw all the missionaries out in 1948, there were a million Christians. At the end of the Industrial Revolution in 64, 60 million. They estimate today there's 120 million, and it's growing so fast that not even the Chinese government can stop it. It's just exploding. That's a movement. In Latin America... Uh, the same thing is, is there's a there's a sense in which God is just moving there. Now, when God moves, this is just a historical background. When God moves in that way, we become that that area where he is moving becomes responsible for that blessing. You know, you've been blessed now. Been, the next missionary movement must come from Africa, from China and from Latin America. That's the, way it, that's the way it's worked throughout history. And, and therefore, you know, if you receive these manifold blessings, but you don't do anything with them, then it's like fruit that just dries on the vine. It's, it's, not, it's not useful. Okay, um, so the question is, are you, are you doing what Israel was supposed to do? Witnessing, proclaiming, uh, evangelizing, as a nation, uh, peoples around them. And, uh, and, and ask yourself, you know, as, as you think of scripture and you think of the Old Testament, you know, what times in Israel's history did they actually accomplish this? Did they actually try to do this in terms of attracting and seeing other nations come, uh, come closer? Let's just close this section with another passage in Isaiah, Isaiah 45. Again, the, the suffering servant. Um, you know, in many Jewish congregations, they will skip sections deliberately because they talk about this suffering idea, in particular Isaiah 53. Uh, but uh, 45 23. By myself I have sworn, my mouth has uttered in all integrity a word that will not be revoked. Before me every knee will bow, and by me every tongue will swear. And as you know, that's a passage that's used in the New Testament to describe the Lord Jesus, that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ, is Lord. And so we see that the, the, the Old Testament has many, many examples of how Christ, I mean, how Christ, I would say, yeah, I would say how Christ is, is evident there. And um, w- one of the things that I'm going to, to talk about once we finish the New Testament part is this concept of the Trinity. Um, when you think about the mission of God, Uh, there are two doctrines of scripture that should come to your mind. The first one is the doctrine of the Trinity. And the reason is, is because the way God works, the way way God interacts with himself, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit reveals the mission of God. And and I'm going to explain that to you. But but also, um, the the idea, I'm, I'm sorry, I just lost that thought. But I'm going to talk about the idea of the um, how the Trinity. Uh, oh, just got it back. Is <laughs> ecclesiology that is the second theology that that is very much impacted by the mission of God, and that is ecclesiology. That is how does the church grow, how does it multiply? Where should it be? How should it be expanding? Where should, be, where should we be looking to build a new movement um, or, or get in touch with what God is already doing in terms of, of that movement? You know, one of the things that uh, the mission of God does is that it convinces us that God is everywhere. Therefore, I can't take him anywhere he's not already there. All I can do is go where he's already at and be a part of that. Uh, As the Africans used to say, God uh, sent the missionaries. He called the missionaries to Africa. Um, They didn't bring God to Africa. He was already in Africa. He was already working. He was already preparing and getting people ready to hear and to respond. And now we're seeing this great outpouring. Um, At the turn of the century, I think there were maybe a million in Africa, I mean, today there's 340 million. Half the population of Africa claims to be Christian. That nothing in the history of the world has ever compared to that. That kind of phenomenon, where 350 million people are uh, are claiming Christ as their Lord, when a hundred years ago you could hardly find any. Livingstone, I studied him and and. Uh, you know, he, he saw one convert his entire ministry. And, and that guy was a little dubious. I mean, he, he didn't, he didn't uh, perform quite, quite to Livingstone's expectation. But everywhere Livingstone went, he said, more are coming. You know, this is just the beginning. You're just beginning. And, the, and, and when I was doing my research on, on that, I, I realized that these people were expecting missionaries to come because of guys like livingstone and it may be that some of you some of uh, you new staff will will be that preparatory mission where where you are going to plant and water and somebody else is going to uh, cause the growth or even reap the harvest and you know what that's fine because it's all his glory That's all we want is for him to be glorified. And so therefore, if he calls us to be a part of the shock troops that hit the beach and see very little fruit, it's okay because God has got a plan. And besides, the fruit is up to him, right? You know, we're just uh, the messengers. And so that's what Israel was supposed to do. They were supposed to be the messengers. And um, granted, they had some problems. But uh, God's plans don't change. You know, they added. You know, they can, they can be added, but those promises and those blessings, uh, and those promises of blessings, are still there. And that's why I, I believe that we have been called to to be a part. Um, we're going to see that when Christ comes, He never forgets the priority. Of Israel he's going to he's going to make sure that Israel hears the gospel he's going to send out short-term missionaries and he's going to say don't go to anyone else except Israel you know he's going to tell a woman that you know the dogs the dogs eat second and this is Israel's table this is Israel's table, and they're going to hear this message first. But I love her response. <laughs> is that, you know, even the dogs get something that falls from the table. She knows that there's something for her there. So we see that um, these blessings of God are real. And God expects us to do something real with them. It's not, it's not and by the way, you know, this has um, this has to do with your position in Christ and the rest of your life. You know, whether you die on staff the way I thought I would or whether he calls you someplace else, it's, it's not going to go away. <laughs> it's going to be just as real wherever you end up. And so therefore, I, that's why if I was starting. This is where I would start. If I was saying, Lord, we want to we see a movement happen, then the first thing I would want to do is get some people around and go through some of these Old Testament passages and say, this is what God can do. This is what he's capable of doing. And then get everyone on the same page. And then the next thing I would do is our next thing is to go into the New Testament and look at what it says. And then, then the next thing I would ask is, okay, Lord, what do you want us to do? you know what is the what is the plan show us the direction that you have and the holy spirit can do that <laughs> he can sure do it and it is thrilling to be a part of of that type of movement